are listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene, online at bethanynaz.org. The reason we sing the songs that we sing this week is because we're in the season of Advent. In Advent, we do two things. Number one, we identify with those who waited and longed for the coming of the Messiah, the Christ child. The other thing we do is we live in anticipation of Jesus' return, his coming again. You say, Rick, where do you have this idea of Jesus coming to earth again? Well, after Jesus lived, died, was buried, resurrected, then he appeared to his disciples. And while he was in their presence, he was taken up before their very eyes into heaven. And then those disciples were told, just as you saw him go, in the same way, he will return. And so the New Testament talks a great deal about Jesus coming back to earth again. On Sunday afternoons, I'm a good boy. I call my mama. And we just kind of catch up on the week. And so last Sunday when I was talking to my mother on the phone, she said, guess who's here at my house? I said, who? She said, your Aunt Trilby. In all of my life, I've only met one person named Trilby. And so I said, well, let me talk to her. And so we chatted for a few minutes. There were four of us. I was the youngest growing up. And when my mom needed somewhere to take us four kids, she usually dropped us off at Aunt Trilby's. We loved going there. I remember one time my dad was very sick and he had gotten an appointment at the Mayo Clinic in Minnesota. And on the way out of town, my mom and dad dropped us off at Aunt Trilby's. I was only in first grade. I didn't know why my parents had to leave me and I didn't like it. And I said, well, when are you coming back? And they said, we don't know. It depends on what the doctors say. Well, how far away is it? They, they tried to show me on a map. I couldn't really understand it. You don't know when you're coming back? No, but we'll come back. But we don't know when. It may be a while. It may be a few weeks. The doctors are going to help your daddy get better. And I remember those long days and those long nights, longing for my mom and dad. And I would say to my Aunt Trilby, when are my mom and dad coming? And she said, I don't know, Ricky. We just have to wait. But they'll come back. They promised. It was another day. We didn't have cell phones my parents were dependent on pay phones and long distance phone calls. Anybody remember those days? Yeah. I think it's what the people were feeling in the New Testament when Simon Peter wrote his second epistle in chapter three. He even said early in the chapter, you know what's gonna happen is there are gonna be people who are gonna say, where is this coming he talked about? I mean, think about how long it's been. They thought it would happen in their lifetime. Where is this, this coming that he talked about? Life just is going on as normal, usual, ever since the beginning of creation. Is he going to come again? And I think 2,000 years later, you and I are tempted with the same questions. Where is this coming that Jesus talked about? Why is there a delay? My mom and dad showed up late one night and I ran and jumped into their arms. They kept the promise. And Simon Peter is saying in this passage, 
Jesus will keep his promise too. I remember one Sunday morning at the church I was pastoring, I preached, and after I preached, I invited people, if they would like to, to come to the altar to pray. Uh, The altars in that church looked much like these altars that are here in front of me. And I remember seeing a guy coming down the aisle that I didn't know, I'd never met before. He was probably mid-30s, his name I learned later was Dennis, and he knelt at the altar, and before I could actually get off the platform, he was motioning for me to come and pray with him. And so I did. I went down to kneel beside him. And he communicated to me that his life was off track and had been for some time and that he'd been living a, a, a sinful life, he said. And he knew enough about church and his past as a child to know that he wanted to repent. He knew that word and he wanted to be forgiven. He knew that word of his sin. And he said, I'm tired and I'm done and I will live my life for the Lord from this day forward if he will forgive me. And we prayed and he stood up forgiven. He, he made a commitment that day in repentance that he would leave the life he was living and begin to follow Jesus and journey with him. And he accepted the forgiveness that Jesus offers everybody. His life was changed. He became a friend and he began to walk with the Lord. So, Paul, Peter rather says um, in verse nine, and I'll put the words on the screen for you. Well, the Lord is not slow in keeping his promises. The, the fact that he hasn't come yet, that doesn't mean that he is slow in keeping his promises. Instead, he is patient. With who? And Peter says, well, with you not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. What if it's not about us waiting on Jesus, but Jesus is waiting on you to repent, just like Dennis at the altar that morning, so he could be forgiven and made ready for Jesus' coming? What if it isn't about us waiting on Jesus, but Jesus waiting on someone you love, someone you're praying for, to repent and be forgiven like Dennis? Let me ask you this. When you, when you lay your head on your pillow at night, would you say, Rick, when I lay my head on my pillow at night, I am at peace with God? In other words, if, if, if I wake up in the morning, it's okay. If I don't wake up in the morning, I would hate it for my family, but it's okay because I'm not worried about what will happen to me when I die. I am at peace with God. And that's where Paul goes in chapter 10 and rather verse 10 and 14. He says these words. He says, let me find these words and I'll tell you what they are. I'll put them on the screen for you though, but the day of the Lord will come like a thief, meaning you won't be expecting it. You, you won't know when it happens. It will catch you off guard. So make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. We've been talking about this idea of blameless for a couple of weeks. Without fault, without guilt, innocent. And there's got to be saying, is it really possible to be blameless before God? And in these verses, Paul gives us the progression. Yes, he says, and it starts with repentance, just like Dennis at the altar that morning. 
I'm leaving the life that I've been living. And I'm going to begin a journey with Jesus. And then the provision for forgiveness was made possible by Jesus on the cross. You're forgiven. And not only are you forgiven, but get this. You've got to listen to this, okay? Here's what the scripture teaches us. It teaches us that Jesus not only forgives us, but chooses to forget. How is that even possible? It's only possible with God. And so, therefore, we do stand blameless before him. And we are at peace with him. And so when we think about him coming again, it's like, whoa, <laughs> he's coming for me. And he's gonna take me to a much better place, a place called heaven. So would you bow your heads with me for a moment? And maybe there's somebody within the sound of my voice who is saying, deep down I wanna repent. I'm tired. I would love to leave the life I've been living and begin a journey with Jesus and find forgiveness and be blameless before God and be at peace with him. And so even in this moment, you are free to pray that prayer of repentance. I'm sorry. I'm done. I'm finished. I'm leaving this life. And Jesus, now I begin to journey with you and find your forgiveness and to be blameless before you. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. You have been listening to a message from Bethany First Church of the Nazarene. Visit us online at bethanynaz.org.